the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul says, be focused and run with purpose, okay? He wants you to run the race in such a way that you will receive the prize. In the Christian race, the, this, this thing that you began when you became a Christian, it won't, be, it won't finish until you, until you die. You should be running whether you come in first, fourth, sixth, or 10th, you should be running in such a way. In other words, you should be earnestly striving diligently with all of your strength and energy to win the prize, uh, which is all that God has in store for you. Amen, amen. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. How's everybody doing today? You surviving the heat? It was hot out there today. How many of you, how many of you glad it's air conditioned in here? I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're preaching through the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And if you grab your sermon notes, I, I want to speak to you on the subject of the only race that matters, the only race that matters. What I want you to know as we turn to our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in Paul's day, in Paul's day, you think we're crazy about sports. They were even more crazy about their sports. Now you say, that's not possible. It is possible. I'll tell you why. They had two sporting events that everyone in the planet, uh, everyone in Greece knew about. Number one was the Olympic Games. The Olympic Games came from Greece. It was a part of that culture for seven, eight hundred years before Paul, before the time of Christ, the Olympic Games were held there in Greece. Everyone in Greece, including Corinth, which is part of Greece, they were involved and, and watched and witnessed and cheered for their famous Olympian. The second sporting event, most famous, which was held every two years, just like the Olympic Games, but they were called the Isthmian Games, named after the Isthmus, that was held right there in Corinth or right outside of Corinth. So, when Paul is writing this, this book, First uh, Corinthians, and man, there's some heavy stuff. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, there's some heavy, deep stuff. 
And right in the middle of the book, he turns to a sporting, to the world of sports, because they were all crazy about sports and athletics. He uses an analogy from the world of athletics to drive home some spiritual truths. And so that's what we want to look at today. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. The first thing that he does is he compares the Christian life to that of running a race. He compares the Christian life to that of running a race. And there are many scriptures, I, I, I'm not, I, I should have taken the time to show, show them to you, but you can uh, look them up uh, yourself. Many times where Paul refers to the Christian life as the running of a race. And he says here in verse 24, do you not know, in other words, you should know this, that in a race that all the runners do what? You, you, you never see the gun go off and one guy just stands there. Everybody runs, all right? Now they all knew that. And what he's getting ready to do is he's going to show you some spiritual truths based on the, uh, the sporting analogy of a, of a race. Now there's three things I want to tell you about a, the, the Christian life being a race. Number one, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. In the Olympic Games, they have what's called the 100-yard dash. It's, it's currently called the 100-meter dash. It's over in about nine seconds. Now, if you ran 100 yards, it'd take you maybe 11 or 12, okay? Maybe 13, 14. We actually have uh, one of the guys, uh, his name's Green. He was Olympian. What's his first name? Anybody know his first Maurice. He goes to our church. He's here on Sunday mornings. I see him. He comes in and out of here. He walks. He's not running. You wouldn't recognize him. Uh, but that race is over like in nine seconds, okay? And what I want you to know that, that, that the Christian life is not a short race. It's a, it's a marathon, all right? It's forever. Now, number two, here's when the race begins. Your race begins the day you got saved, okay? The day of salvation, the day you surrendered your life to Christ, whatever day, you should be able to think, you should know the day you gave your life to Christ. If you don't know that day, you need to have a day, Okay? The day you became a Christian was the day you got in the race. If I had a gun, uh, which I, I, I almost did, but I didn't want to scare you, because uh, that's not a good thing to do in public, but just a starting pistol where you, I, I'd shoot the gun. The gun goes off the day you gave your life to Christ. The race is over. The Christian race is over. Write this down. This is not morbid. This is the truth. It's over the day you die. Okay? It's not a nine, ten second thing. It's not a four-minute mile uh, it's, it's not a 26 mile, I don't know how long it takes you to run 26 miles a day, half a day, two or three hours if you're world class. The Christian life lasts until the day you die. You can scribble this down if you want, or, or when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, okay? Because some of you will still be alive when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, amen? So, so technically, the Christian life, that race begins when you get saved, it's over when you die. So once you get saved, from this point on, you're running this race. Number two, write this down. Paul says, be focused and run with purpose, okay? Run with purpose. He says in verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Now that, he's talking about a real race, okay? You know, you all line up, they only give one award. I mean, they, they might give someone for second and third place, but really, first, there's only one winner. Second is the first loser, all right? <laughs> you all understand that, right? Uh, they might give you a little award, but you're the first loser. 
There's only one winner. Now, he's talking about the real, a real race. But, then, but now he's talking about the Christian life. When he says these words at the end of verse 24, he says, run in such a way. Everybody say such a way. And if you have your Bible, I want you to circle that phrase, such a way. Because that's really the critical phrase there, what he wants you to do. He wants you to run the race in such a way that you will receive the prize. Now, I want you to write that down in your notes. There's a place for you to actually write that, to live or to run in such a way. In other words, in the Christian race, the, this, this thing that you began when you became a Christian, it won't, be, it won't finish until you, until you die. You should be running whether you come in first, fourth, sixth, or tenth. You should be running in such a way. In other words, you should be earnestly striving diligently with all of your strength and energy to win the prize, uh, which is uh, all that God has in store for you. Amen, amen. I love when I watch someone competing. I love watching someone when they compete, they give everything they've got regardless of what the score is or regardless of how much time is left in the game. When I, when I see a game, I like to see kids uh, playing so hard if they're up 20 or down 20, you can't even tell by the score. They're just competing every say. You, how many How many like, you know, I don't even know what I'm talking about, okay? And I, I think that's what Paul is, is trying to tell, tell us here uh, in this text. He, but he's talking, he's talking, watch this, he's talking spiritually. To live your life in such a way that you're running this race with everything you have. You see, there's a difference between a real, a normal race and the Christian race. A normal race, there's only one person gets the prize. In the Christian life, guess what? We all get the prize. If you're, if you're a Christian, you're going to win at the end of the day. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, now so, so we're all in the race. So I'm running here, and I look here, I'm running like this, and some of you run like this, and... Some of you are running real fast, and some of you are just like, okay? And he's saying, run. If you're a Christian, run the race uh, as though you need to win this thing. You, you might not be the best Christian in the world, but there should be a purpose in the way, in the way, I love that, in the way you live your life, in the way you conduct yourself, in the way you let your light shine, that when other people see you, they say, hey, that guy is running to win. That people ought to see that in you. Now, Paul's purpose is found in verse 22. If you go back up to verse 22, here's, 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 here's the race that he lived, okay? And he wrote this. He said, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. Now, he knows that Jesus Christ is who saves, but he's saying, I spend all my, you know, I, I become all things, all people, by all possibilities, just that, that, I, that God might use me as an instrument to lead other people to Jesus Christ. I want you to write this down. His purpose was to get people saved. You all know what a headhunter is? You ever heard the phrase a headhunter? A headhunter is someone that a corporation hires to go out and interview people and to find the best executive to run the company. He's called a headhunter. And this headhunter 
explained that when he's, uh, when he's interviewing people and he's trying to find the right person to run a company, he takes them out and, and they eat, and he gives them a drink, he takes his coat off, takes his tie off, he gets them relaxed, uh, he talks about football or baseball or the family. And then when the guy is all relaxed, he says this, hey, tell me what your purpose in life is. And he said, you would be shocked by how many of these executives that he's interviewing that when I ask them that question, they stumble, they, they fumble that question. They don't know how to answer what is my purpose in life. He said once he was interviewing this guy, had him all nice and relaxed, they've been talking about the family, and he said, what is your purpose in life? And the guy turned, he said, in a blink of an eye, the guy said these words, my purpose in life is to go to heaven and to take as many people with me as that I possibly can. Now, when I heard that, who did that remind me of? It reminded me of the Apostle Paul. That's the Apostle Paul. He would have said something like that. If you, if you study Paul's life, you couldn't argue with the fact that he lived for one purpose, and that's to get people saved. He went on four different missionary journeys. He started all kinds of churches. In 2 Corinthians 11, it says all the stuff that he endured uh, sharing the gospel. He says he was flogged five times, three times he was beaten with rods, three times he was shipwrecked, once he was stoned. And it says in the text that he worked harder than anybody else. He wrote one half of the New Testament that you hold in your hands. It's almost comical, but really sad. I've actually heard people criticize me. And they've said, Pastor, all you care about are seeing lost people get saved. And they, they, they say that as a criticism to me. And if you're here, I want to make something very clear. If you're here and that's your criticism of us, all you care about is getting people saved, I got one word for you. Duh. That's the word. Duh. I hope and pray that you've noticed that. And oh, how I wish, how I wish that you would catch that vision. That you would live your life just like the Apostle Paul, realizing that life is only so long. And that we have this race called the Christian life. And that you should live every moment of every day doing anything possible just to get lost people to be saved. That's what you should be doing. That's Paul's point. Whether, whether or not you win the world, I don't know if you can actually do that, but you ought to live your life in such a way that it looks like you want to win the whole world to Jesus Christ. You might not know everything about the Bible. I understand that. But it ought to, you ought to live your life in such a way that it looks like you're in the process of learning everything about the Bible. As a Christian, again, you might not be the best Christian in the world, but you should be living your life in such a way that it looks like you're striving to be the best Christian in the entire world. And then we come to point number three, which is called self-discipline. And that's really the point of this. In a race, in an athletic event, who are those who, who, are those who succeed? It's the ones who practice self-discipline. 
he says, and nobody likes self-discipline. Verse 25, and there's a couple words here. I like the first word, everyone. Say everyone. everyone. Who competes. Say the word competes. competes. Some of you go, well, I don't, I'm really not a very competitive person. Oh, you need to be. I'll explain that to you in just a minute. He says, everyone who competes in the games, talking about the Olympic games or the Isthmian games, they go into what's called strict training. Everybody say strict training. Now, in any competition, it takes strict training, self-discipline to be successful. And I have to tell you that I always feel Everything in my life, I feel like I'm competing. What what am I competing for? I feel like I'm in a battle competing for the souls of men and women. Who Who am I competing against? I feel like I'm competing against the devil. Because the devil doesn't want anybody to get saved. The devil doesn't want you to get saved. The devil doesn't doesn't the devil doesn't want you to go to church. He doesn't, he, the devil doesn't want you to be spiritual. The devil doesn't want you to read your Bible. The devil wants to destroy this church. The devil wants to destroy your marriage. The devil wants to destroy your children. The devil wants to destroy this city. And, and I feel that when I walk out here, I don't walk out here and I've got a few notes written down and I read those and I walk off the stage. No. When I walk out here, I just feel like I'm in this spiritual battle and that I'm one of God's soldiers, so are you, and we're running this race and we're competing for the souls of men. And we're competing, I'm competing to, to have victory over sin because I battle with sin. You battle with sin. It's, it's like a competition to sin or not to sin. And Paul had that same experience. And, and, and so I'm competing not to sin. And, I, and I, I feel like I'm competing to hold families together because we get so much news about families splitting apart and we want to keep families together. And, and we're competing to raise, to raise godly children. Oh, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I, I do everything I can do to raise my child. It takes one person to get them on the wrong track. Just one. And, and when he goes to school, it's not one, it's the whole school sometimes taking them down the wrong path. And I feel like I'm in a battle for the souls of our children. I'm in, I'm in a battle to protect the life of an unborn child. I'm in a battle not to allow the culture of the world to influence the church. I'm in a battle every single day to make sure the church remains pure, the pure bride of Christ, so that when the Lord returns, that we are ready, we are ready to go and be with Him. And so in order to be victorious, in order to run the race, in order to run uh, and to receive the prize, it takes self-discipline. And no one, no one likes that. I've, I, have you ever heard this? It's called God's diet plan. You ever read this? Anyone ever struggle with what you eat? I went through Jack in the Box today. <laughs> and and, and I, did, I, I, I drank water and I justified that and... As I'm driving, they had this big picture of Dr. Pepper. I wanted it so bad. <laughs> but uh, it said, I just want to, I'll read it real fast. God, God populated the earth with broccoli. 
and cauliflower and spinach and green and yellow vegetables of all kinds so that man and woman would live long and healthy lives. Satan created hamburger restaurants (laughs) and brought forth the 99-cent double cheeseburger. And Satan said to man, do you want fries with that? And man said, supersize them. And man gained many pounds. And God created health, health, healthy yogurt that the woman might keep her figure that man found so fair. And Satan froze the yogurt and he, he brought forth chocolate with nuts and brightly colored sprinkled candy to put on the yogurt and woman gained pounds. And God, God said, <laughs> it gets funnier, uh, God said, try my crispy fresh salad. And Satan brought forth creamy dressing and bacon bits and shredded cheese and there was ice cream for dessert and man gained more pounds and God said, I have sent you healthy vegetables and and olive oil uh, from which to cook them. And Satan brought forth chicken fried steak so big it needed its own platter and man gained even more pounds and his bad cholesterol went through the roof. So God brought forth running shoes and man resolved to lose those extra pounds and Satan brought forth cable television and remote remote control so that man would not have to toil to change channels between ESPN and ESPN2. And man gained more pounds. And God said, you're running up the score, devil. And God brought forth the potato, a vegetable naturally low in fat and brimming with nutrition. And Satan peeled off the heart heart or the healthy skin and sliced the starchy center into chips and deep fat fried them and then he created French onion dip and man man clutched his remote control and he ate the potato chips swaddled in cholesterol and Satan saw this and said it is good (laughs) and man went into cardiac arrest and God sighed and created quadruple bypass surgery (laughs) and Satan created HMOs. (laughs) It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. 
We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.